3: Hello all and welcome to Full Throttle. It's the bike racing podcast from Eurosport. It's Monday the 5th of October already, 2020. And thank you for subscribing and listening to the podcast. We're available on Spotify, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, And others, of course, including the Eurosport website, Eurosport.com. Julian Ryders here, Greg Haynes, that's me. And Julian, we've spent the weekend commentating on MagniCore World Superbikes. Tremendous stuff, and it just goes to show that anything can happen in motorcycle racing. We're going to the last round at Estoril, and it's the first time it goes down to the last round for four years. How about that? I know,
4: every assumption I made about this weekend was proved completely wrong. Everyone. (laughs) I've never forgiven Magny Kerr for taking the Bulldore away from Paul Rickard, so I'm prejudiced against the place.
3: (laughs) Well, they got it back in the end, didn't they? It turned,
4: it produced excellent racing. Uh, The new Mm. surface is obviously superb. Uh, uh, A good job done by the circuit, to put it mildly. Uh, uh, And then the Iceman, Mr. Ray... And his team didn't get it right in that final race.
3: Well, we'll get into World Superbikes in a second. Let's quickly touch on BSB as well, because we can't ignore the fact that they've been racing on the Grand Prix circuit this weekend at Donington Park. And although there is no six-man shootout, no showdown, there is still a five-man shootout because it's Brooks, Eden, Glen Irwin, O'Halloran, and Taz McKenzie, 46 points covering them, 75 up for grabs. May the best man win on the Brands Hatch Grand Prix circuit in the middle of October. I am
4: so glad they aren't doing the shootout. I hated that showdown shootout, whatever they call it. Really, really <laughs> disliked it.
3: Well, we did say the commentary today from Magna Cor that you're a bit of a traditionalist when it comes to things like this. Uh, a little we? bit, yes. Again,
4: you know, it, it's, I don't like gimmicks in sport. Any mm, sport okay. where you hear the word, oh, and he's playing the Joker, I turn the television off
3: it (laughs) is but what was nice of course is that we had three different manufacturers winning at Donington Andrew Irwin the first of the rounds on the Honda Josh Brooks on the Ducati to make up for that incident he had of course when he was taken down earlier in the season by Andrew Irwin and Taz McKenzie on the Yamaha another great win for him second of the season of course after Silverstone so five men just running through those again Brooks and Iden the two PBM Ducatis Glenn Irwin on the Honda. And then the two McCam-Jamahas of uh, Halloran and McKenzie. So that sets up very nicely indeed. We should say very quickly as well, congratulations to the new British Supersport champion, Mr. Rory Skinner. Great recovery because it's been difficult times over the last few years. Three years in Red Bull rookies. And so
4: the second year you thought, oh, wow, this boy's going places. And it's a vicious game, motorcycle racing, as we know. And he went a bit flatline Mm. in the third year and didn't get a job. So, you know, that's, as, as we keep saying, that wonderful quote from one of the Italian racers, you know, Mato Grand Prix is a train that stops once.
3: Mm, and there have been a few examples of that over the years. And if you miss that stop,
4: you're you're in the wilderness.
3: Just also, thank you very much uh, from Jules and I, MotoGP Jules and Greg Hens TV on Twitter for lots of the nice mes- messages yes. we've been receiving. Um, and also, more than that, for the general enthusiasm. Isn't it fantastic, Jules, to see everyone getting so involved and so excited about the championships this year, BSB and World Superbikes. And going back to World Superbikes, you've got to go back to 2016 in Qatar to the last time it went to the last yep. round. Now, whether it'll go to the last race for the first time <sighs> since 2014... <laughs> is another matter. Wait. But the fact, of course, it's still very much advantage Jonathan Ray, but, you know, anything can happen now, can't it? If he'd got it done this afternoon at Magna Cura as we speak here on Sunday evening, if he'd got it done today, it's done then. But now there's just, you know, there's all those uncertainties and variables still in the air and he's got to drag it out now for another two weeks. And I would have
4: put the mortgage on him stitching it up at one of his favourite tracks this weekend. It's good you didn't That's It's extremely <laughs> good I didn't. And, uh, I, and <laughs> I think the unknowns that were thrown in the brand-new surface and a yeah.
3: tyre. Yeah. Yes, true. A new wet-weather tyre, of course. Threw yeah. in enough variables mm.
4: to confuse even Perry Reba's top mm. world-class crew in the Kawasaki racing team bit. Mm. Uh, mm. Certainly, when you look at what – I mean, it took Ducati all weekend. How many times have we said that this year? It took yeah. Ducati yeah, I mean, until t- Sunday afternoon to – Understand things, but uh, the Ten Karte boys had it nailed,
3: didn't they? Yes, they very much did, didn't they? And I'll probably get in trouble with Yamaha for saying this, but I'm going to say it because it is my opinion, and I think it's quite clear in the results. Aren't Ten Carter embarrassing the factory team again? I know they have some factory support, but let's be honest, they don't have the same electronics. What a superb job! And they've had two second places, Julian, in the long feature races. So that's two sprint race podiums and two long race podiums. That's so. Baz, I mean, we're talking a very talented rider. We know this. Yes.
4: Um, you know, a man who um, was pretty impressive in Moto Grand Prix in his time. Uh, he, won in, mm. he won in Le Mans, I think, first time he did an endurance race. You know, this. he was good as a kid, as really as a kid in BSV. This is a bloke we know.
3: Yeah, and he I mean—he won the European Stock Six Championship at about, what was he, 17 years of age? He's still young now. You, you think he's getting on in racing terms, don't you? You think he's sort of late 20s, early 30s. Certainly not, mid-20s. No, the, the, it, a top quality rider. Yeah. Held yeah. back, if anything, by the fact he's two metres tall. Mm. Although, of course, maybe ironically today, that may have helped him perhaps. You were talking about it in the commentary, the fact he's tall, he can shift the centre of gravity. The, you know, if you're looking for traction, that
4: extra simple matter of the extra weight pressing on the rear tire. <laughs> okay, mm-hmm. it's a loosely coupled weight. A uh, physicist will say a, loose, uh, a loosely coupled damping mass. And it just seems to help, provided you can get lots of other things right, of course. It doesn't help on its own. And I noticed uh, Scott Redding saying that he thought something worked against the bigger guys <laughs> today.
3: Yeah, I was just watching that interview, but I was in, I was inclined to know what, and intrigued to know what you thought about that. Um, I, I don't think
4: I can, well, we're not broadcasting, yes. I think um, probably is the, uh, the uh, <laughs> you word, know, but I'm not going to call Scott Redding a liar, because there would have been something that wasn't working for him, but Scott did. Mm. Yeah, uh, say, yeah. didn't he, about how many variables. He'd never been to Magni Coeur before. He'd never, obviously never ridden the tyre. So he was thinking, uh, what about the tyre What about, can I press, can't I? So many unknowns he had to deal with.
3: Yes, and just to uh, read out to all of you what that was, it was a question in the official post-race, in, uh, post-race interviews conducted by Romain Brasso, who's one of the two voices we hear doing the World Feed interviews on the TV as well over the weekends. Uh, Anthony Nelson, the other but Roman, quite rightly, in our opinion, asked Scott Redding, as Jules was just saying, is being a heavier, larger rider, and of course, it was the three big men of World Superbikes on the podium yeah. today. Let's not forget that this afternoon, with Redding, Baz, and Davis, Roman asked, um, you know, is it an advantage in conditions like this? And Scott's words were definitely not. In these conditions, the weight is a disadvantage <laughs> because you're putting more temperature in the tire, more load, more yep. stress, more heat, and it means more tire wear. Uh, what also confused me, I have to say, and again. You know we love Scott Redding, don't you? But it did confuse me. He said it's like if you have a hot race, the bigger riders suffer more. But I'm thinking back to the hot weather of Hereath when Scott Redding won two races. That did confuse me, I have to say. But I think it's all part of the mind games going on here as well between Scott and Jonathan. Oh
4: yes, I mean there's there's they're they're being very civil about it, but they're but working away on it, trying to work away.
3: I mean, we love both of them. We love both of them and we love the way they're going about the on-track business and the mind games. They're pushing each other to the limit this year. Goodness me, they're pushing Jonathan hard, aren't they? Has Jonathan ever been pushed harder? That's a very good question. Now, I've been commentating a World Superbikes duel since Jonathan Ray started winning with Kawasaki yep. in 2015. And I would say no. I think mentally he was pushed at the beginning of last year. That was very difficult for them when oh, Bautista was winning everything. Yes. The acceptance, that was so difficult for them to have to get over. But once they did... They just accepted it, didn't they? But to to think, you know, we really did think, didn't we, coming into this weekend? It's got away from Reading now. That was the general school of thought, and the points back to the after Barcelona. As you think it's yeah, and, and just as it's just as you think it's gone, bang, Reading's back again. Uh, and the pressure, in some ways, is back on Karasaki. But let's listen into some of these interviews ourselves. Um, Scott Reading and Jonathan Ray, first of all, the two contenders of twenty twenty.
5: Yeah, it was a crazy race. Mixed conditions, some I didn't really know. Um, <laughs> you know, it says about your teammate helping you. Um, he beat me also this weekend, <laughs> so it's one of those things, you know. it's uh, Everyone's out for themselves, but it's good to to see the guys getting stuck in, and uh, it was nice to win, you know. I, I just felt like now I can breathe a little bit, like you want to race again in a condition I was not most comfortable with. I had to work a lot this weekend, and... I was finding it hard because I was kind of always ending in the same place. There was no drive forward until the Super Pole race where I felt I was fast and there was two points I was losing a lot. And I said to the team, if you can sort this, I'm I'm sure I can fight for the win. And uh, they did that and the bike worked really well. And we managed to really take control of that race. And there was a lot of questions in my head. How long is the tyres going to last? Is the track going to dry up? Are you pushing too hard? You know, like... But in the end, you're in that position where you do everything you can to win and you manage it till the end. And I was very happy to, to do so. And yeah, keep alive the championship until Esther Real.
1: What will be your approach, your approach, heading into the final rounds? To Do you still have the championship in mind? Um, pff,
5: kind of. It's one of those things I think uh, Jonathan has more pressure than me in this situation because in the end, it's like. Only he can make the mistake. Um, So I go there. Nobody really knows the track. The manufacturers, you know, they've not really tested there, so nobody knows. It'll be interesting who can get up and sort it out fastest to make the maximum points in the race. We'll give everything we can. We will fight to the end. That's what I've always said. You know, I, I didn't give up this weekend. It was hard, and Jonathan kept taking points, kept taking points from me. Um, But I felt good at the end, and I I just worked hard, and that's what I will do until the final race of uh, Estoril.
1: You were really strong today, coming back on today's races. Um, Do you think that uh, your weight and your size is an advantage into wet condition and the time management?
5: Definitely not. Um, In these conditions... Uh, the weight is a disadvantage because you're putting more temperature in the tire more load through the tire more stress more heat means you know more tire wear it's like if you have a hot race the bigger riders suffer more um it was just more management i think who was willing to take more risks and i didn't, you know i just kind of took those risks i felt good i felt comfortable um And I just think the other guys around, you know, Loris is good in those conditions. Chaz seems to be pretty good in those conditions also last year. So I think it's just a feeling and I'm happy to have that feeling to win. There was a point where I was thinking,
6: I actually said to my team, you know, there's going to be a flag to flag race because the track will dry. So in the beginning, I was quite conservative looking for wet areas to cool the tires down and... To be fair, when when Scott came past, I was um, you know quite happy to let him lead and understand. But I could see straight away I was in difficulties, especially exit T5 and exit the last corner. I had you know, too much spinning and too much traction control working. And um, to be honest, that was the story of my race. I just tried to to push on my limit, uh, but just control that limit. I had a few moments, so it was kind of fun because I was always being kept awake. I would have a front slide or a rear slide. But, uh, yeah, fourth was what we could manage today, and now we move on to Estoril in a few weeks. Sure. It should be, let's say, a weird sensation for you not celebrating a championship here in Magnicours after three years in a row doing it. Believe me, it's even better. You know, I whilst I love Magnicours, it would be nice to, to go somewhere else, you know, and have another magical feeling again. But uh, now we can really allow ourselves to think about being a champion because it's very close. Um, I have to score more than three points or three points which is which is a great position to be in entering a last round with three races it shows the incredible job the Kawasaki racing team have done this year and we keep pushing so um, looking forward to the challenge of learning Estoril as well because um, it looks like a really cool layout and one I feel will suit me and my ninja pretty well. It's going to be your first time there your first time racing there and as you said a uh, very special weekend it looks like it will be a very special weekend for you. So, your thoughts on this last round of this 2020 season? Yeah, first, was we ha- we can allow ourselves to think about it. We still need to get it done. So, I'm excited to go somewhere new, um, but I still need 100% focus and um, attack every every session in the same positive way with my team. And um, I'm just... It's always exciting as a rider, especially, well, not one as old as me but you know to go somewhere new and experience a new track new feelings with the bike and i feel my crew are always they understand what i need so we should get on top of the setup pretty quickly and and then enjoy the track
3: (laughs) you've got to love it haven't you jules you've got to love you've got to love both of them as you
4: said i mean we are talking two very mentally strong athletes here uh they're totally different in the way they approach it because Jonathan would never want to show any weakness. We didn't in that first half uh, of last mm. season when Bautista was riding all over him. But
3: yeah, exactly. And then came out at the end of the year, didn't he, say how hard it and was in the interview that I think
4: Charlie Hiscock did with him a couple of races ago. Jonathan was admitting, "I was, you know, I was wrecked. I was done." He never showed so, it. Yeah. Scott wears his heart mm. on his sleeve more. And uh, and he will say, oh, you know, it's all going to, oh, what am I going to do? Doesn't alter the fact he's as tough as you like when he gets back on track.
3: Mm, Yeah, that's brilliant. I think it's absolutely fantastic, the show they're putting on for us. For the World Superbike Championship. And at the end of the day, we want the race to go down to the last corner. And we want the championship to go down to the last race. They really are putting on a brilliant show, aren't they, this year? Chas Davis then, great ride for him again uh jonathan ray of course fourth in race two as well for the second round in a row that's something i've been thinking about this evening chas davis though great ride and of course he did his teammate a big favor here's chas
7: yeah that was awesome really enjoyed that one um felt good for a lot of it as i did yesterday and as i did in the Superfowl race felt really have been really happy with the bike i think it's been great all weekend um it's just you know in the rain it's how far are you willing to push and i was uh Running my weekend with one eye on uh, Vandermark because we've got a pretty tight battle going on for a third in the championship. So when I saw he was in P5, I just tried to, to put put my head down and run a good pace, and I wasn't, you know, trying to do anything over the top to try and uh, run down Scott or Loris or Johnny at that point. But then uh, Johnny started coming back to me, so I, I had a good target and uh, just started sort of like putting it together really good, and then got on the back of him, passed him, and gapped him. And I thought. This is good. It looks like we're going to be on for a podium, and then all of a sudden, I had some like quite a big drop in my tyre, and uh, and then I could hear Johnny, who was closing me back in again, and I knew the point situation. I knew that it was up for if he finishes third, then that's championship done. Um, but also uh, for my point situation, I was kind of thinking that. I mean, if he's going to have a go, then it, I'm half expecting that he's going to going to have a big lunge somewhere. So I was thinking that f- for my points, fourth's better than uh, than nothing. But um, in the end, just kept it, k- put it together really well on the last lap. Uh, you know, made Johnny work for it, and he wasn't able to come by. And uh, yeah, obviously, kept the championship alive for Scott, which is uh, a, a bonus, and and got some more points for myself. So yeah, really happy with that. Bike was great today say thanks to uh, to my crew for that and uh, yeah, let's roll on to Portugal.
1: As you just say, you scored some good points for you. Uh, you managed to increase the gap for third position uh, on the championship standings. How do you feel about that?
7: Yeah, good. That's it. The objective coming into this weekend was just to stretch that gap a little bit. Uh, we did that by a few points yesterday, lost a couple in the Super Bowl race, and then game five back then. So overall, we've extended the gap, which is good. and. Uh, Yeah, we just got to, you know, consolidate this third position now in Estoril. Uh, I think that's, I think we're 19 points up, which is healthy. Um, And I like the look of the Estoril track. So, um, yeah, I'll be going all out there to uh, consolidate this position.
3: It's, it's funny, isn't it? Yeah, we're all fully aware, even Chaz Davis, of the championship situation uh, and their individual responsibilities for their. I know you,
4: Scott, mentioned that Chaz beat him in, beat him this weekend as well.
3: <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. So it wasn't like he wasn't, yeah. you know, he wasn't helping me all through the weekend. Is the sort of message? No, there. and and that's not
4: that that wasn't in the script. I've no mm. doubt if Chaz had been on track, the position was. Well, if I don't put a move on him here, that may be a good idea to keep. You know, he probably he would have considered it. I'm not saying he would have done it, but it would have been mm. on his menu, not to attack yes. his teammate on. Track. Yeah. But he's going to yeah. sit up and look around and wait for him. Mm. That's not the way it works.
3: <laughs> And of course, as Chaz Davis said there as well, very honest of him, um, although we know the reason why, of course, he's fighting with Michael van der Mark, third in the championship. And let's be honest, there are massive financial bonuses available in most of these riders' contracts to finish in the top three of the championship. And what's Chaz doing next year? He's, ad- he's putting his, you know, he's an advert for, hello, come and employ me next year. Mm, mm. And what do you still think now at the end of the weekend? Because no one knows for sure. I mean, he might know. <laughs> maybe not, Ducati, not, no, maybe Honda. He's no, but though, is he? no, he's not, is he? Um, quite rightly, obviously. Why would he? Um, but we hear Leon Haslam's talking with BSB teams. Now, why would he be doing that if he was staying with Honda? Doesn't mean he won't stay with Honda, but they've all got to evaluate their options, haven't they? Could Chaz Davis stay with Aruba? We think Rinaldi will be there. Will Chaz then just swap with Rinaldi and go Go 11, which is more or less yeah. a factory bike? A anyway. semi detached factory bike in in different yep. colors in disguise we just don't know for sure do we um in fact chas did mention that here's what he said about that at the end of that interview
7: um i, I don't know to be honest about 2021 uh i don't know <laughs> better ask some other people about that one
1: you've been racing in esteril 18 years ago how do you feel going back onto that track? Are you excited to have another track on the calendar?
7: Yeah, definitely. I, I like going to fresh tracks. Um, so Estoril is one that I have been to quite a few times back in the day, um, and it's yeah, it's a nice little track. It's um, it's quite got some some interesting points to it, and of course we I think everybody enjoys going to Portugal as well. So no, definitely looking forward to that one. It'll be a nice place to finish up the championship, and definitely a welcome addition to the the calendar. So.
3: Uh, Indeed, better ask some other people about that one. Anyway, Loris Baz, superb weekend for Loris Baz. He's taken the 150th podium for a French rider on Sunday afternoon. And it was also on Saturday, of course, the first French podium for a Frenchman uh, at Magny Court since Ginterly in 2015. Let's listen in to Loris. And of course, uh, that man, Mick Shanley's crew chief, will be saying, I told you so. Here's why.
8: Really, uh, really happy even more today than yesterday, because this is condition that I usually don't like. I love when it rains, but I don't like the, the wet track when it's not raining, you know, I'm struggling a lot. And this morning in the Super Bowl, uh it was this kind of case, I overheat the tyre and was struggling a lot. But yeah, that's often thanks to my team and especially my crew chief that gave me the confidence to use the hard rear tyre on the grid. And uh, I went for it. hit, I expected to, to struggle a lot at the beginning, but was hoping to catch at the end, but at the end, i was really strong from lap one just took me a bit of time to overtake the guys uh, and also had to wait a bit of a feeling for the rear tire so i didn't know what to expect but yeah i managed to come through Um then was behind johnny until the moment he gave uh, up for a few laps o- on scott because he had a few moments overtook him and yeah it was um it was hard because i wanted to push to to come back on scott but uh, In one side I knew that if I was pushing too much, I was overeating the tyre again. So I had to play with that. I really expected Chas to overtake me because he had a really strong pace, but then I think he had more or less the same problem. Yeah, just trying to bring it home. I knew Johnny was behind and he really wanted that title here. So I know it was um, not over until the last corner, but yeah, really happy to do it at home, second podium uh, this weekend and uh, in front of some fans that uh, braved the the bad weather of Manico. I, w- I would have liked to have the Marseillaise, but Luca did it in the Super Sport. So, uh, yeah, I cannot complain about two podium, 40 points. Well, more than 40 points. The best lap, also really happy.
1: How difficult was it to manage the tire conditions, and was it the only struggle you faced during the race to fight with Scott?
8: Yeah, I think yeah. Scott was just um, in front from the beginning, so he pulled a gap in the first lap that I never was able to to catch. But anyway, I think he had a few tents in the pocket, more than me. And um, there's nothing to say. I think I had more chance to win yesterday than today. And uh, yeah, it was really hard just to manage the rear tyre, but also the front, because I said uh, I knew the rear tyre was overheating, and I tried to push a lot on the front, but then I overheat the front. So it was then trying to calm down, but also I knew behind there was too fast, guys. So it was... Um, Just trying to make no mistake for 21 laps. I remember I watched the board the first time and it was 16 laps yet uh, remaining. So I said, wow, that's going to be long. But yeah, finally I made it. No, no, didn't do any mistakes. So that's the most important in this kind of races.
1: Next is Estoril. How do you feel heading into the final round of the season?
8: I'm sad. The season, I don't want the season to be over yet. But um, it's been uh, really fast since we restarted in Jerez. And uh, yeah, looking forward to go there to learn a new track. I always love to learn uh, new tracks. Uh, I watch uh, at the 12 hours. I think it can be a good track for the Yamaha, but also there is a long straight. So I know that uh, again, Super Bowl will be really important to start in front and not having to be in the park with the fast bike. So we'll see a um, new challenge for the moment. We're just going to enjoy that one tonight and then trying to uh, focus and train again for a week, ready for the last one.
3: Well, I suppose, Jules, you could also say maybe if they'd used the tyre in the Superpole race, would others have done it? Although, you know, for the second race, then again, I'm not sure if anyone else could really make it work because they'd all tried it across practice and the warm-up. Mick
4: Shanley is a very experienced crew chief and a clever man at his job, a very good man at his job. And motorcycle racers, historically, if there's something new, they want it. You I know, do. the the
3: fact it... Like a, like a child at Christmas. Yeah, it hasn't been
4: tested. We don't know anything about it on this surface. Uh, <laughs> you know, it might not work. Yeah, and yeah. there's several reasons why a softer tyre, especially for the Ten carte team, as we said in commentary, was probably not going to be a good idea. We've seen Baz suffer at the end of races quite a lot. Because of yep. the level of electronics they have and what they can more to the point what they can't do to it in terms mm. of especially traction control tuning uh where you don't want a soft tire on the thing you've probably got to think tire life as a priority, and I'm sure Mick Chanley was going. Thinking about that, he was thinking about the weight of his rider for the reasons Scott Redding explained to us. Uh, you
3: know, <laughs> or
4: not, that, or not. Hey, yeah. you know, let's let's say Scott Redding's not talking uh, yeah. rubbish here, that he's dead right. And, of course, mm-hmm. both things can be right. It depends on other it, – it's such a multivariable equation, the setup of the bike, that concentrating on one yeah. thing throws everything else out.
3: And what you've got to love about it as well is that at the middle of all that, is a human with a brain and a beating heart. And that's just glorious, isn't it? You can see what they're doing on the motorcycle. That's one of the, the best things about bikes in comparison yes. with car yes. racing. you can see it? a man at
4: work. And uh, mm. if they nearly yeah. get flicked over the handlebars at 100 and odd miles an hour, the body language is eloquent.
3: Yeah, and unfortunately, we've had a few of uh, that yeah. happening as well, haven't we? Quite a bit of that happening in the classes across the weekend. Best wishes to everybody who's suffered Indeed. injuries. Nothing, nothing major, nothing life, life-threatening whatsoever. Yep. And that's very good. By the way, uh, I was just watching back the race a moment ago, and I noticed uh, just as they cut away to the replay, after Chavi Forrest had crashed at the last corner. The marshals successfully managed to drop the bike. So uh, it doesn't rain. Never rains, but it pours. Quite literally, actually, isn't yep. it? This weekend at uh, Magni Corps. The independent scrap, of course, it's really hotting up now. Loris Baz having taken more points out of Michael Ruben Rinaldi. Remember, Baz led it earlier in the year. Rinaldi came really strong at Aragon in particular. That's going to go down to the wire yes. at Real. Michael van der Mark. Disappointing. Um, yeah, a bit disappointed on the podium in the sprint race again, just as he did at Barcelona. Um, in fact, let's listen. Here's Michael van der Mark.
9: Yeah, you know, uh, to be honest, a bit disappointed with race two. Um, this morning I finished third, so I was really happy from draw, and my style was okay, but to be honest, I struggled with the grip in the early phase of the race, and uh, I was really quick, but I lost a lot about um, around you know turn eight, nine, and ten. Where everybody was so much stronger, so I, you know, I lost too much time there, and it was a bit of a lonely race. But you know, at the end, uh, I must be happy with the points I scored. Uh, yesterday, I, I threw away a lot of important points, so yeah, a shame I, I couldn't find a grip in that area to, to fight with the boys. But you know, I think third place is still kind of alive, and uh, you know, we have to fight really hard in Estreuil.
1: This morning, you managed to get a podium position. Uh, was were the condition better for you this morning?
9: Yeah this morning I had such a good feeling with uh, with uh, you know the track was a bit wetter uh, but I was I was struggling a bit with the first uh, opening of the throttle this morning and that's why I couldn't really fight with the others but you know to finish third in, in support it was really good and really happy with it and uh, I was just I thought we could improve the bike even more for the second race so uh, we, we didn't do it, but we must be happy.
1: You said your hopes for third place in the championship are still alive. What would be your approach heading into the final round?
9: Yeah, it's going to be a, a diff, difficult round. Um, I'm looking forward to, go to going to Asturias. It will be my first time there, but you know, uh, it's going to be the last weekend with Yamaha. So I want to do everything, everything we can to finish third on the on the championship and. Uh, I think we, you know, I just want to win and have a, have a really impressive and, and a massive thank you to Yamaha in my last race. Yeah,
3: so obviously wanting to go out on a high, of course, he's moving to BMW next year and we will talk about BMW this year in a moment. But VDM uh, there, Jules, just saying losing lots of grip, as we heard, out of turns eight, nine and 10. So that's 180, the left-hander, isn't it? Uh, 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 and the kink, yeah. Yeah where it was quite bumpy even on the new surface. Uh, so a nice, honest interview there. But um, yeah, again, you know, the Yamaha, we came into the weekend saying it's a nice, nimble motorcycle. It can change direction very quickly. And we thought that's the strength of the bike. Toprak's been hurt, of course, and injured from the Barcelona warm-up crash. Uh, but Gerloff and Baz have impressed more than the Pata team, haven't they, quite frankly? this Yes, yeah, so,
4: although Gerloff was obviously detuned by the first race. Yeah. Um yeah. and uh was also we understand he wasn't sanctioned for the crash because it was a racing incident as everybody agreed. Uh mm. but he was also given a little bit of a finger wag and told hey, watch your uh yeah what watch your stepson."
3: Well what we're hearing from some of our colleagues um who we work with in the paddock is that Gerloff was said please go and apologize to Eugene Laverty and Tom Sykes which in a way I have to say it's a bit confusing because the stewards panel didn't give him yeah, a penalty. Yeah. So they've put it down as a racing incident but asked him to go and apologise anyway. I don't know what your take is on that one. I mean, he didn't do it on purpose, did he? It was his fault what happened at turn one in it race a one. It was
4: shaky burn uh, in the studio in the old well, Chef yeah. said, what's all the fuss about? It was a racing mm-hmm. incident.
3: Mm-hmm. Yeah, because he was unsighted by John. I mean, Gerloff himself was up on the kerb on the inside, wasn't he? Jonathan Ray was on his right and all of a sudden, ah oh, Sykes is there. Bit of contact. Um, it was a
4: racing incident. If it was speedway, you'd call it first turn
3: bunching. Uh, mm, but, mm. you
4: know, it was nothing compared, in my opinion, to what Van der did at Barcelona.
3: Well, you could say that was even worse, couldn't you? Because he completely missed that. the breaking point at turn one there and almost wiped his teammate out. And in many ways, it spoiled the race, actually, didn't <laughs> it, <laughs> from a neutral point of view? It split. And, <laughs> um,
4: yeah. You know, or, or, you know, it happened to, to, in the Grand Prix. At Misano mm. to um Dovizioso.
3: yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. And that obviously, that one, oddly enough, was caused unintentionally by his teammate, wasn't it? But yes. it was just the the domino effect, yeah. where Petrucci had a moment, Zarco and, uh, sort of got distracted, and and then took himself and Davinci. Yes, I
4: mean you cannot but feel sorry for Tom Sykes and Eugene Laverty, who did nothing mm. at all mm. wrong, and, you
3: know, because it was it was terrible, it wasn't was it? So- from a one-two on the grid.
4: Horrible to have the two of them wiped out in the first corner.
3: Mm, yeah. Well, in fact, there was a nice video feature on Saturday on the World Superbike website just to sum up that whole situation. Let's have a listen in.
9: Physically, I'm more or less okay. It was a big impact. Uh, I wasn't sure when I was laying in the gravel because um, it takes a while until you know. Uh, how you are but I took a big impact on my leg but thankfully the Alpine Star boots took the brunt of it so uh, no further injury I should be okay for it tomorrow but really um, angry with this crash because uh, this is uh, unforgivable from uh, Gerloff Gar- you know in the first corner in a wet race like this uh, to come in at this angle is not really uh, smart thinking so he could have injured us
2: badly and uh, still he hasn't come to say sorry yet so I'm still winning. I think the pace that we we had for the race was looking very, very strong. Uh, but like you said, unfortunately, there was an incident um, and, you know, it's uh, such a shame that both BMWs got taken out only kind of a couple hundred metres after the start line and uh, I don't know exactly what you want me to say about it. It was a bit of a thoughtless and reckless move really there wasn't uh, th- you know th- the line was closed I was looking for the um, for the cook back against uh, Jonathan and like I said it's just disappointing really a lot of work now for the whole of the whole of the BMW Motorrad um, well Superbike team they've certainly got a lot of a lot of work to do um, and I'm not too bad I was okay but I know Eugene took a a bit of a beating and not much not much more to say obviously i'm i'm frustrated and quite uh, angry that another rider puts me on the tarmac in turn one in wet conditions and in front of 15 to 20 other bikes so i still need time to settle down from that really
10: yeah, for me I felt like I got a really, really good start and uh, I, was, I was closing in on, on everybody and they, they broke more early than, than I was I was going to break. Um, I broke where, where I went and, and I the, found the inside line and to me all I saw was Jonathan and, and myself, nobody else and then from uh, I, I feel some pressure on my, my boots or uh, the side of the bike and and then it was gone and and that was it uh so so for me i mean i i was i was almost on the paint on the inside uh i I felt like i was on a really good line and and then out of nowhere uh felt some pressure but i you know i i was really uh sad to see that uh when i came around the next lap to see that that they had gone down and and uh you know just really unfortunate i don't want to be involved in anything like that and uh and yeah so just uh really really sorry to those guys um and 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 yeah hopefully hopefully everything's uh everything's good
3: yeah strong words there you have to say and obviously there was a very visual gesture from sides in front of the tv cameras as well um and uh, you get the feeling as well Gerloff was being extra careful then jules as you hinted on before that on Sunday today just to make sure he also had a nothing into what happened
4: again in, in the, uh, the first race. So, um, yeah, you know, he's still impressed this weekend largely, but that, you know, it was, uh, it wasn't clever, but it wasn't no. something where I'd be going, Oh my God, you know, get him up before the stewards. He needs to sort himself out. It was, a, if you insist on racing motorcycles, this sort of thing happens.
3: Um, yeah. Yeah, and and he's a hard charger, and you know if he does become I, a world champion one day, and remember his his aim is MotoGP world champion. Yeah. That'll be one of those incidents you look back at, in the same way you look back at Mark Marquez incidents from the past, like when he you know you know he's had problems, yeah. but then you look back and think, oh well. Yeah, you know, I, these I, things just do again happens.
4: refer to the the, uh, the experts in the studio, uh, Shaky Burn and Jim Whitten said, what's the fuss about? It, it was a racing incident.
3: Yeah and and they've been both of them involved in enough incidents that were and were not racing incidents and they know they uh,
4: and they will no doubt tell you they've been on both ends of that sort of situation
3: yeah yeah absolutely okay just before we go Jules let's quickly run through a few of the names we haven't talked about already and just a few words to sum up their weekends alex O's, first of all hadn't been on the podium since australia and he's had two podiums this weekend race 1 and the sprint race good job yeah
4: uh, like his teammate in many ways didn't have the setup one assumes or hit problems on the yeah. on on the much drier track
3: yeah alex uh, where was alex in race 2 this afternoon he finished in 7th yeah. place uh, yeah it, looks but it like wasn't, it not he, he started well
4: was looking good and he went back a bit as he obviously struggled with setup grip whatever but
3: uh, Toprak top Rascatioglu yeah. like Bautista like uh, Laverty after the crash of course in race yeah. one well, there's someone else was struggling with injuries I'm trying I'm trying to think who it was now but there's been quite a few injury struck riders um, you have to think Toprak still feeling the effects of that one don't you from Barcelona but he was
4: basically invisible for most of the weekend
3: mm, sadly after the heroics of Magna Corps last year oh Leon Haslam of course um, another rider who was injured massive crash for him when he was fighting for fifth place let's not forget at the end of race one, which does bring us on to Honda. Let's explain what happened there. Well,
4: Bautista, I can't tell you what Dennis Noyes would have said. Uh, you can imagine, uh, <laughs> but I did discuss <laughs> with the great uh, American stroke Spanish journalist once about various various riders, wet weather, uh, and he was incre- used a phrase I couldn't possibly use in front of my mother here or anywhere else. About, I think it was digerato and alvaro bautista what was going to happen at Estoril, as i recall if it rained and he was right
3: <laughs> uh, oh really yeah well and how long ago was that
4: haslam did not get the reward for some very 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 good work you look how far back he was in free practice on friday and how he improved and how he got things better and better and how competitive he was in the first race and so unlucky to take that horrible, nasty crash right at the end of the race. Yeah, Le- yeah. Leon did a cracking job this weekend and got no reward for it.
3: And he also, as I think back now, because it's easy to forget with so much having happened since, he just missed out on the top nine in the sprint yeah. race as well, which compromised his oh, afternoon group yeah. position. No
4: no reward for cracking cracking work for me from Leon Haslam. Exactly what you expect from Leon, of course.
3: Yeah, definitely been the best Honda rider of the weekend, no doubt about that. Bautista has on other t- occasions this year. Bautista's had the podium so far. Very evenly matched teammates, actually. Yeah. Uh, and going into Estoril with only three races to go, they are ninth and 10th in the championship with only eight points between them. So that's going to be a great little battle going into Estoril. Awesome. Yeah. Um, Manufactures as well, Jules. It hasn't been won. Uh, by anybody other than Kawasaki since 2014 when Aprilia did the honours. Ducati haven't won since 2011. There's only 26 points between them, Kawasaki ahead of Ducati. And that's massive for these manufacturers, isn't
4: it? Well, Ducati, I mean, that's the sort of thing that salves some pride in Bologna, if they can advertise the fact they are the constructors champion again.
3: And then uh, just to conclude with the Supersport Classes, we had a win for Andrea Locatelli on Saturday. Luca Maia's superb win in front of the French crowd on Sunday. And Locatelli doing something uh, we do not usually see and throwing it off on the warm-up lap and unable to start the race. So that was an unfortunate one for him. Supersport 300. Jeffrey Barris passing his teammate Scott Derue into the last corner on Saturday to take the win. And then the afternoon race today won on uh, on Sunday. This is, of course, by Mark Garcia, the 2017 world champion. But Jeffrey Barris extended the championship lead again. It's down to the two touchmen, Julian. For the first time, a Spaniard will not win Supersport 300. And I've
4: been, since I started commentating with you partway through this season, Greg, and knowing very little about that class, I have to say. And <laughs> Bouse has been a standout for his rags craft. Hmm.
3: Yeah. And a quick shout out for the Brits in these classes, by the way. Una McGlinchey with a broken wrist. That great shame for the Northern Irishman, the former British junior Supersport champion. Best wishes. But did a great job to get into the main race for the first time. So let's see what he can do in Estoril. Hopefully he can race there. Um, Tom Booth Amos, you spotted the chain. Apparently the chain did come off and caused the crash in race well, one. I mean, yeah, on Saturday. And oh, let's
4: not get Carl Smith in super. Absolutely, sport. yeah. Cracking uh, podium finish in the second race, but like you said earlier, but Mias was away with that.
3: Yeah. Yeah, he really was, wasn't he? And Danny Webb did a good job, and so did his new teammate this weekend, Carol Haneke. Great debut for yep. him. I mean, Haneke, we know as a
4: class rider. He's adapting mm. to the new class. He crashed in the soaking conditions. I mean, he, let's face it, historically, Carol has a Bautista-like tendency to sling it at the straw bales when things are going well. Uh, yeah. uh, but he stayed on it on uh, today, which is Sunday, and scored a very respectable finish.
3: Well, there you go, Estoril and Brands Hatch. We have a real shootout for the BSB title and the World Superbike title. One of them in Kent, one of them just outside Lisbon. Not this coming weekend, but the next. And we will be back with the podcast after that amazing double weekend of bikes, that double bike bonanza on Eurosport. It's the weekend of the 16th, 17th and 18th of October. Jules will be live for free practice from Estoril on Friday the 16th. I cannot wait. We'll be back with the podcast on Monday the 19th What's going to happen in Estoril? Who's going to win the championship? Well,
4: I'm not, you know, you'd be a mug to bet against Jonathan Ray, but after this weekend, I am very averse to making predictions.
3: <laughs> yeah, let's leave it at that. It's going to be absolutely superb. Thanks for everything across the weekend, Jules. It's been a pleasure. And we will speak with you on the podcast, of course, again on Monday, the 19th of October. But don't forget to tune into to Eurosport and online with the Eurosport app to follow everything as well across the weekend. We will speak to you then.